Well, we had just finished playing racquetball, and we were going to take a steam. I walk into the steam room, and it's really steamy. Um, I'm going to start this pot off on a serious note. So, I've been, um, there was something I struggled with about three, four months ago. And it was really, it went down a very downward spiral. Um, and I know I need to stop because it was really starting to become detrimental. My body was starting to become more reliant on it. And ever since I've been off it, I've been way better. But, you know, they say, you know, you start the new year each year with uh, living in the past, you know. You do something, you do the worst thing you did last year one time, just remind yourself how bad it can be. So you set the tone for everything's going to be uphill. If you start from the bottom, hopefully by May, you're here. And I, um, I relapsed. Yes, um, I, I'm having a ghost energy drink. Sour watermelon. Remember when I used to... Give you guys free fucking shoutouts? Well, here you go again. Um, little celebration. I've been on a weight loss journey. And I am down the 227. And part of one of the underrated factors was I got off of some of these bad boys. But other stuff too. But yeah, down the 227. So you know how I celebrate today? I ate, uh, I ate Taco Bell and Dollar Scoop. In the same meal. Yeah. I went all in. Like gold. Right, Drake? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Cap it off. Warhead Ghost Sour Watermelon. Um, Yeah. You know what? You work hard. You lose 20 pounds in essentially three months. Legit 20 pounds. And I haven't even really tried for the past month. It's just kind of been easy going. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, I relapsed. I'm back on the ghost. Obviously, it's just a celebratory thing. I have good uh, grasp on it. See, you guys thought I relapsed on alcohol or some shit. Nah, bitch. But welcome to episode 98 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit better than the last time. Because, goddamn, I forgot how much juice these ghosts give you. Woo-hoo-hoo! I got energy... Got a lot of energy. Got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. Trying to take the energy from a... Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, curtains, right? Nothing like when you go to the gym. So, you know, like, uh, so, you know, uh, if you've ever gone to a Planet Fitness, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm 97 plus episodes in now, so... I probably have talked about it. If you've ever gone to a big commercialized gym in the middle of the day, like a Planet Fitness or a LA Fitness, I've never been to LA Fitness, but I know people that have been to LA Fitness. I know people that say pics on my IG on LA Fitness. Jesus, it sounds like I'm on speed right now, but I'm on a, that ghost speed. <laughs> I'm on that ghost riding speed because I did not write much today, but I tried. Sometimes you have those days. Sometimes you're like, eh, go fuck myself. It's cool. Um, talk about pin to the sheets. Um, Casper the ghost shit, but 
If you've ever gone to one of those big commercialized gyms, the Planet Fitness, the ones that, oh, it's only, it's always either only 10 bucks a month or you pay like 45. There's no like meat, there's no middle class for gyms. Gyms are either like five to 10 bucks or it's 35 plus. There's no like, hey, you know, 20 a month sounds reasonable for the size of our gym. Some gyms just have this fucking ego to their pricing where they just, we're going to charge you 35 a month, which actually really is not a bad deal when you really break it down. But it'll be the the ones with the biggest audacity would be the ones with dirty fucking machines. The one where they're not, where the trainer that's there during their fucking shift doesn't really do anything. They just sit on their laptop or send their computer and see if anyone has, you know, glanced or jaywalked into the fucking gym. Someone has this person been opening the door at 2 a.m. to let someone because there was a sensor that went off and it's just like, oh no, he just, you know, just takes a while to get in. Um, but yeah, but I really feel like at this rate, I think like two years from now, the regular price for gyms are going to be like 60 bucks a fucking month. And honestly, they can do it because people, it doesn't dictate where you fucking go or not. But anyways, let me get back to the fucking point. Commercialized gyms where they have the showers and the big locker rooms, you know, you get those really old dudes that just kind of walk around nude at 2 p.m. It's cool. Not that anyone's looking. It's just right when you walk in, like, all right, I'm going to go in. Go to one of those lockers, get my shit down. You know, maybe you have your shorts on. Maybe you just have pants on. You take them off on shorts. Cool. Typical locker room shit. Huh? And then they'll just be that 60, 70-year-old dude just going around uh, on eugenics. That There's no in-between. Like, there's no 60-year-olds and 70-year-old dudes with normal bodies anymore. They either look like, they either look like Chris Hemsworth or they look like, uh, Betty White, rest in peace, but yeah, no in between, they look like Danny DeVito, or they look like Joe Rogan, which is funny that now people say Joe Rogan's gaining weight, it's like, yeah, the dude's almost 60 fucking years old, that's what's supposed to happen, but anyways, yeah, there's a, this thing about commercialized gyms, where you, Right when you enter the locker room, it's always on the TV, it's always the same pop stars. It's always Dua Lipa, it's always Halsey, it's always like uh, Marin Morris, it's always like 2012 Rihanna with some DJ. It's crazy how these DJs make a shitload of money just for making the instrumental, and they have a big pop star or a big singer on the record, and they get like tens of millions and billions of streams. For just something that they put a sick beat on. Hashtag one kiss. Calvin Harris and Dua Lipa. One kiss is all it takes. If that doesn't get you going to the treadmill, I don't know what does. I will say, those are like the best. The DJ with the pop. Like the Avicis, rest in peace. Or Calvin Harris. Or the DJ Snakes. The Major Lasers. Those type of producers that just make sick instrumentals. And they just have the DJ Khaled type of. A formula, except their songs actually have like decent lyrics. And DJ Khaled's beats are actually, I'm going to say DJ Khaled's beats and producer, highly overrated. Hasn't really made a great album, in my opinion. Or really songs I've gave a fuck about in a long time. The last song I gave about was, I'm so hood. I put my pants below my waist. You know what that was? That was like 2009. 
Now he does just anytime he could throw Chance the Rapper and Justin Bieber and Quavo. I know that's like one song. But it's not actually pretty much every time he features like... If a song needs four or more artists on it, it's probably not good. The only songs I can think of off the top of my head that have three or more or four or more that's actually fucking decent. Their Kunko is supposed to be remixes, most of them, are uh, the What's Poppin' remix with uh, The Baby, Jack Harlow, Lil Wayne, and Tory Lanez. And then there's like uh, Forever with Drake, Kanye, uh, Drake, Kanye, Eminem, and Lil Wayne. Notice how Lil Wayne's a common theme in these, just saying. Uh, may not mean nothing to y'all. By the way, still haven't seen the LeBron documentary. you think I would have, but I haven't. It's cool, though. Uh, life is more than a game. <laughs> oh, Cleveland. Oh, hot in Cleveland. Recipes, Betty White, again. Uh, but, yeah. I will. You know, there was, like, three, like, old people. Like, uh, there was a former Celtics player that died on New Year's. Uh, Sam... I think it was Sam Jones, then there's Betty White, and there was like a few others of died in the past. I wonder if there's this weird thing in the body, or maybe if they're like, already like on, and they're just like, you know what, we're just going to start the, if they were on like a deathbed, or they were on like hospice care or whatever, and there's like, I wonder if it was like really for some of them, like, we could drag this on four months, or we can just start the new year and start clean. Not to sound insensitive, but I really think, like, maybe for the fans, like, they're like, hey, you know what? Just start this new year with the, the, you know, fresh start. Like, I I don't know what goes through the process when you have, like, a loved one that's, like, on a deathbed like that. Like, I don't know how that works, but I don't know. But she was almost 100. I think she was, like, a month or two away from being 100, so maybe she wouldn't, like, I'm pretty sure she wanted to push it to 100, but, you know. Sometimes the body and the Lord says no moss. Speaking of Taco Bell killing you. But yeah. Um, oh, so I was actually having a conversation with a co-worker yesterday. I'm not going to out them. Well, it's not really outing because they didn't say anything bad. But we were talking about creepiness in a workplace and how um, they were talking to me how what a lot of dudes don't understand at work is that you know, there could be very, like, I don't even want to say aggressive male uh, nature where it's constant badgering and this and that, but where it's like this constant, I guess guys have this assumption that just because a girl's laughing along and playing along, just play along, and they're just laughing along to make work, because, you know, you don't want to come to work and make it uncomfortable, <clears throat> even though someone's making you uncomfortable, which is pretty ironic. It's like, well, hey, you didn't have to fuck up the vibe. It's like, eh, oh, you kind of fucked it up when you fucked up the vibe and made it uncomfortable. But then you're going to blame the other person that you made it uncomfortable to begin with, who they were just trying to let it go and keep going, and you just kept it going. But uh, they were basically describing, which is something I kind of already, you know, had a good pulse of in general. Uh, is that a lot of dudes in workplaces don't realize just because a girl's, uh, you know, joking off your advances, not even advances, but, you know, just letting certain things go, never going to HR for certain type of harassment or playing type of things. And 
you just said like dudes just in general don't understand that vibe type of thing. Don't understand like just because someone at work is playing along and just ha 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 because they're doing it because they don't want to make it uncomfortable. And for the most part, they go to HR shit and nothing's going to really happen, at least in their favor type of thing. And then it just makes work. And then you start getting treated different and all that shit. And then you start being like outcast, being treated different, even though you were already like kind of being treated different, I guess. And um, then ironically, so today, as I said, I was at Taco Bell, right? I was in the drive-thru and the line was moving pretty steady, right? Don't worry, I'm going to get to a point here. I'm not going to talk about being trapped in the drive-thru again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Talk about a crunch. I don't even know what pun I was going to make there, but uh, I did with the supreme of chalupa confidence. <laughs> oh, that one. You need to top it off with some mildly bad humor. Um, But yeah, drive it like it's hot. Uh. By the way, I miss a whole little Taco Bell Chihuahua dog, but I guess that's probably like some cultural appropriation thing. Remember they used to have a little chi- Taco Bell, and they had the little dog that has the accent and everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not a, I don't even think they market that dog, not even in commercials or nothing, just like ring the bell. And, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, but so, was in line, the line was moving. And I was the next car from the person who was at the window, right? And they were taking a very long time at the window. And you know, I was in no rush. I wasn't, like, mad or nothing. But I was certainly, hmm. I was legit, like, the second I got behind them, it was, like, six minutes behind. I'm like, all right, this is a little weird. It's like, all right, maybe they have a big fucking order, which I know they didn't have a big order because I was behind them and I eavesdrop on the people's orders before me because I rolled down the window to be like, all right, have it ready. Don't because I have this weird phobia that when I'm in a drive-through, my window is gonna get like stuck. So I make sure it works before I get there. Cause what if I get up there, and my window doesn't work? Or I have a weird phobia of like, or not phobia, but weird like fear of I'm in the drive-through. You know how now drive-throughs they have closed off where basically like once you get to a certain point, you're trapped. There's no like driving off and escaping. Like they're gonna trap you into these borders. And you are going to sit here for 28 minutes if you fucking have to because you don't have a fucking choice. Which, by the way, is a great business model. Uh, you know, if you're feeling uncomfortable and you want to leave in your emergency, fuck you. <laughs> you're going to wait for your cheesy gordita crunch. Or you're going to wait till all these cars and burst out. But yeah. Um, so I was waiting behind for about six or seven minutes. And then I get it. And finally... I, I One, I know they didn't have a big order because I heard their order. They had, like, three beefy melts and, like, fucking one, like, $2 item. I don't fucking know. Half of their fucking $1, $2 items are all the fucking same. Burrito Supreme, Seven Layer Supreme. Like, it's all the same. It's just beef and cheese and rice. You go order the same item three times in a row, and you will get three completely different burritos on three complete separate days. Like, if you get one of those craving boxes, I'm, I'm, I'm having a Taco Bell, like, breakdown right here. If you get one of those, like, deluxe boxes, and it comes with one of those, like, whack-ass uh, seven-layer burritos, like, one time, it'll be a big-ass thick, full of beef, cheese, uh, rice, 
uh, tomatoes, lettuce, and the next time you get it, it's some skimpy fucking with like a drizzle of fucking rice and like some beans and just like some like assortment of bullshit that wasn't on there before. And like each time is some different, but fine, cool. Um, but anyways, back to I was like, all right, this take a little long, whatever, you know. So I get to the window. And I overhear the the girl at the window talking to the other people like, oh my god, that guy just wouldn't fucking leave. And I'm, and I'm overhearing, and she's like, hey, you so your toes gonna be blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I hand him the card, and I overhear him talking like, hey. And I hear them talking, and the one girl's like starting to get like she was annoyed at what just happened. She was she wasn't yelling at her coworker. She was like yelling about this guy just fucking. He's fucked up at times. He fucked up this shit. And he just fucked up like the whole operation and all this shit. Which you know what? I don't blame her. I'd be a little mad too. I get it. So then when she gave me back the car, I was like, "Hey, did anything? What happened?" She's like. The dude wouldn't, the dude asked for her number and said, it's like, hey, he's like, you should give me your number or whatever. It's like, all right. And she's like, no, no, thank you. And he's like, come on, you know, playing along, whatever. She politely said no again. And then he's like, well, I'm not leaving this drive through until you give me my number, which I'm like, people think, oh, that's cute power move. That's assertiveness. It's like, Nah, man, you're fucking me from getting my fucking grilled cheese burrito. That's not cool. Like, there's a time and place. If you want to do that, go inside. You don't fuck up people's drive-thru. It's not a power move. But beside the point, not even going to get into the psychology of that, right? And she just, she was like just a really nice girl. Like, she was grateful. Like, (laughs) grateful. She was very greeting. It sounded sound like I was about to say great. She was greetful. She was very greetingful. Um, and I was like, and the second she said it, she's like, and she said eventually he drove off after like basically they had like a bunch of other people come to the window and be like, hey man, you got to fucking go. Like, we can't have you. And then he stormed. Cause I noticed when he drove off, the dude stormed off. Like he, zoom, he like carved that shit. Um, like Lightning McQueen. And boy, he he was sure looking for lightning in a bottle because he's a little McQueen boy. And all I could think about was she told me that. It was like, it's so weird how like something that literally you talked with someone yesterday about when you're in a work environment, you were like literally, in her case, she was dealing with the customer, but like, you know, in some jobs, you're just dealing with like coworkers, depending on the operation, how it works. But in her situation, she's dealing with customers. So it's like even more weird because when you're dealing with customers, you have to be polite. And because, you know, there's this whole customers, right? Customer treat the customer no matter what. It's like, but there's no like boundaries for like, hey, like I'm not, hey man, you guys, but you know, being rejected a couple of times, like cool, you want to be persistent, but you know what? Go inside and be persistent. You're holding up my fucking grilled cheese burrito with my fucking Chipotle chicken uh, grilled, whatever fucking that Fiesta $2 burrito is. And my chicken Chipotle milk. You're fucking that up for me, my friend. So yeah, it's a little bit different. But seriously, like when people are in a work environment or they're in uniform, 
they already feel like they have to act a certain way. They already feel like they got to, like, really be buttoned up. They can't really, like, you know, they have to suppress certain emotions when they're feeling it. They have to always be put on their best face. They got to, you know, regardless of what's happening personally, you're just supposed to go there and be a robot, do whatever. We get it. Do your job and all that shit. But then when people know, it's like when people want to, be all extra aggressive towards you. Like when someone wants to be extra mad at an employee for fucking up their drink or fucking up their food, right? And they want to throw a scene. And they get extra, extra aggressive because they know that person's got to act accordingly <clears throat> or otherwise <clears throat> they could take the pride. They could take the pride and be like, hey, I'll fucking get you fired. Which is always weird to me when the person, when a customer says, I'm going to get you fucking fired. I want to be in charge. It's like, I don't want to be in charge of that. I, like, I mean, I would never... I may say you should be fired, like, depending on what the fuck happened, if it ever got to that point. But I would never, like, go out of my way, call all these fucking people, and be on their ass about it until this person's fired. Like, you're not a fucking, like, hiring manager. You're not in charge of that shit. You file your complaint, you get your free shit, you get your money back, and you get the fuck out. Alright? It's like, if you're at work, and I was talking about this with a coworker too, by the way. When, if you, like, I've always, I've always found it weird when someone gets hurt on the job, like they, like get seriously hurt on the job, like slip and fall, uh, they fall off a ladder, fall down, like collapse their knee in half, whatever the fuck. Oh, that got graphic. And it's some where workers' comp is responsible, right? Or they sue the company. It's not even workers' comp because, like, all right, we see we fucked up. We're going to give you workers' comp. Pay for whatever when you're out. And when you're ready to come back, come back openly. Like, that's a different situation where shit happens at work. There's a respect between the employee and all that shit. But when, like, some off-the-weird shit where it's very iffy of who's right and who's wrong. And then you kind of sue and go to court and all that shit. And then... The employee wins a lawsuit where, like, let's say they win uh, $90,000 in damages for hospital bills plus the grief plus the inconveniency. They win $90,000 for being out of work for six months. And then they're just like, all right, I'll see you guys in June. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? It's like, you just... It's like, even though that, cus that uh, employee is right, like, that's the kind of weird, like, like, it's like what I was talking about earlier, where you could go back to work, but it's not going to be the same. Like, it's, it's, I mean, even if you're not at fault, like, it's kind of weird because do you just go back to a job where a lot of fuck shit just happened, right? Mm -hmm. And accidents happen. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, you just, like, took $90,000 from this company. You expect them to be like, hey, thank you for coming back. We are so happy to have you here. Nah, man, the, you know, they're going to be like, you took fucking $90,000 from us from a technicality that was kind of 10% your fault. So, you know what? We're going to make sure we're on your ass all the time and make you, it's not going to be the same. We're going to be on your ass, all these extra protocols and safety, you know, you better make sure you're wearing your slip resistant shoes, my friend, because we're going to be on your ass about that. But yeah, but it's that... But yeah, going back to the thing, like, it's this weird thing where, like, I, I just think people in general, when people are in uniform at work, you know, I'm not saying don't have real conversation, don't ask, that's not what I'm saying. 
But, like, don't make it to the point where it gets so ultra uncomfortable. And don't think just because someone's being nice to you in return. And they're just kind of trying to let things go. And they're put in a very compromising position because they can't react like a normal person would react. But, hey, I told you no. Go fuck yourself. They can't really say that. Otherwise, you'd be like, oh, that's what you think? Oh, you rude-ass fucking cunt. You ugly-ass bitch. I don't want none of you anyways. It's like, well, then why'd you ask her out? But it's cool. Um, it's always like when someone asks, uh, someone asks you out, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not really into." It. Like, well, you know what? You ugly anyways. It's like, well, then I guess your standards were low from the get go. <laughs> That's why you can't afford insurance. <laughs> yes, I'm a liability. <laughs> Still overcharge you though. But yeah, yeah. But that's just, and I, you know. And that's not just a guy-girl thing. Like, I've had... It really depends on your, like, place in the workplace, your true, like, position of power. Like, when I worked at a quote-unquote back in the day, uh, oh, back in my youth, back in the young whippersnapper. But when I worked at a McDonald's, they, uh... I wouldn't say... I was harassed because honestly, it didn't bother me. And honestly, a good portion of time, I kind of laughed and I enjoyed it. So I was consenting to the nonsense. It was a pretty nasty workplace. And I don't mean like, you know, just the, you know, uh, sexual tension in the air. I mean, like, legitimately, like, there was just fucking grime. There was fucking nasty ass dust all over the place there was box dust like it was, it was a pretty disgusting place and stuff will happen in the dumpster for three hours at a time with random managers and random employees and while me and the good employees would be stuck in there just whipping up burgers and mcchickens and frappes and shakes and drinks people be in the dumpster area uh let's just say jess was getting dumped on Wow, I shouldn't have name dropped. But you know what? There's a lot of Jesses out there. There was a few. They won't know who it is. Um, but yeah. Talk about uh making my way downtown, walking fast, being a whore, because that's who you are now. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, uh, those damn white chicks. <laughs> uh, white chicks are whores. But yeah. Um but that is kind of weird though. That, you know, this is kind of like this little bit. White chicks, like, in the moment in 2004 when it came out, no one even, like, thought about... It was not even a thought of controversy. It was not even a thought of, like, is this right? Is this uncomfortable to watch? It was just odd, and it was just funny as hell. You could, like, literally, you could make the same movie... Like, let's say that movie never happened, right? And they made that same exact movie today. And it came out today, 18 years later, right? Make that same exact movie, same way, same characters, same everything. It would be like this whole... It would probably be like very similar to controversy with the movie The Interview, but not with North Korean shit, but it would just be like, oh, certain theaters won't have it this because it's... Well, I don't know, maybe different because it's more of someone dressed up as a white woman, but if it was reversed... I don't think that would play out well for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but um, it's just fascinating how really nothing has changed in how we are as people, but it just seems like some, if it were to be released today, 
people would get mad over it for no fucking reason. Because, oh, it's guys imitating girls and all this shit. It's making fun of transgender. It's like, um, nah, because they're clearly just dressed up in costumes and heavy makeup for undercover. Like, they're not pretending. It's not, it's not like a, you know, was it Joanna Man type of thing? I never actually saw the movie, but I read the description where basically it's like a, a dude is, he dresses up as a girl basketball player. Because he gets kicked out of one college or, or some or some weird shit. And then he falls in love with another girl while he's dressed up as a girl type of shit. But it just seems like something about that wouldn't sit right with a lot of people. And the worst part is we would have missed out on a cult classic type of comedy. Because objectively, that movie is still fucking funny. I can remember the opening scene, the shootout. In the fucking gas station where uh, it's the they have the shootout with the Indian guys and whatever the fuck. And it was just funny. But just the perception of what it is and the blatancy of someone dressed up as a white woman. Or someone dressed up, a man dressed up making fun of white woman. I felt like that wouldn't sit well on Twitter. Or anywhere to be honest. And I think even, like, I've seen recent, like, past years where it's, like, you know, it's, like, white chicks is more problematic, but it's more problematic than people want to make it, but I'll just leave it at that. It's, like, all right, well, then just leave it at that because it's, like, 16 years ago. I feel like statutory, I feel like, well, not statutory, statute of limitations uh, have a little bit gone past that, but, yeah, um, I don't know. It's a weird time. Ooh. Um, speaking of being sexually harassed in the workplace. So, uh, James Franco. <laughs> I, I was watching a video. Well, not even. Uh, apparently, he did an interview on a serious XM show type of thing. I watched some clips of it. So, no, I'm not saying anything out of context, but I watch full clips of stuff, right? Um, it's kind of like, I don't care. I mean, it's his situation. He could talk about whenever he wants. I just don't understand. It's like, well, dude, it's been four years now. Like, there's really no point talking about it now. You might as well just, like, let it, like, not let it go because, you know, whatever. But you just kind of, like, if you didn't talk about it, Within three years of after all the shit, two years after all the shit came out, right? I understand, like, giving it time before you speak, make sure, you know, you let things settle down. And, but it's like, okay, if you're waiting for lawsuits to settle down and all that shit, then once the lawsuits settle, you don't really need to speak on it. And then if there's no lawsuit settled and you're worried about incriminating yourself, then don't speak. But then if everything's settled, then what do you need to speak on it for? But apparently he had a uh, a class, let's just say. He had a quote-unquote acting course or whatever you could say called, I'm not making this up, a sex scene class. Where I guess it's not, of course, you know, try to make it some deeper philosophical thing where it's like, it's actually really, you know, he referenced like a 90s 
sitcom where something called The Chair and how it was actually about something with, you know, Scott, where it had a impersonation of when you have, like, the female teacher that, you know, boys would fantasize being with or guys would fantasize being with, like, the hot teacher. Half a teacher. I'm half a teacher. Uh, let's just say James Franco took that title into his own hands and said, come here and be hot for teacher. But, uh, jump, just jump at the chance. Uh, he took, I can't stop loving you to a whole new, uh, to a whole new meeting. But yeah, apparently he was the teacher of a quote unquote sex scene class. But of course his real, like, he's like, well, what it really is, it should have been called, uh, should have been called, what was it? It was like some bullshit, generic, quote-unquote, deeper above the surface level uh, type of class. Really, shit, what the fuck did he call it? Uh, I don't know. He called he call it just like some basically monetary, generic bullshit where it's like, all right, man, we know what you, we, we know, whatever, fine. But, so he was a teacher of this class where basically it's, Teaching, I guess, how to do uh, romantic scenes. It's not specific to sex scenes, supposedly, but more of just how to portray a romantic scene on screen. It's like, okay, I'm not an actor. I don't really know how a lot of this specific shit goes. You know that most sex scenes are not real in movies. And, you know, there there is an art of making it look real without it being real. Respect between whatever. I don't know. But, you know, he basically made it through explaining to the dude as he's struggling to really say what he's trying. He's like, I admit I made some missteps when I slept with my students. And he was like, and I was talking to all the other teachers. They're like, yeah, you know, that's probably not some, it's not really recommended. It's not legal technically because most people in your classes are of age and stuff. And the most important aspect of it all is that all of it was consensual. So it's like, what are we talking about here? Except when it comes to the fact that uh, anytime you're in an authoritarian authority position and you're in charge of, I don't really think they pass people or nothing in that classes. I'm going to assume it's just like, great job, which I don't know. It's like, I'm pretty sure he was always a quote unquote uh, supporting actor in their scenes they recreated. Um, kind of like the disaster artist. <laughs> Uh, but it was just interesting listening to him talk about it because I recommend you go see it. I recommend you go check it out on YouTube, but he just really, it was like, dude, like as you could tell, like when someone's speaking and the host asks a simple question, he's like, so did you ever like think like, you know, this is just kind of weird he just has, you never thought like this was a little odd. And he's just sitting there looking up. He's like, he's like sitting there finding his words, moving lips around. Like he's, it seems like he's trying to think of the right thing to say instead of just saying what's there. And that's where I'm like, if you still are thinking about what you should say, then just don't, you don't have to go out and talk about it. But in his defense, a lot of his friends, like Seth Rogen doesn't want to, he basically came out and said a while ago, like, he can't work with him anymore, he can't look at him the same, all this stuff, and people are saying he's betraying him, I don't think, 
you know, I feel like when I, I don't feel like you got to defend your friends through everything. That doesn't mean you have to be out here and shame them, but necessarily. But I, I'm also not a believer that no matter what your friend does, you have to be there by them side by their sides. Um, I would say in this case, it's a it's different for the simple fact that he technically was never charged with anything, and I'm not caping for, and I'm not. And you know me, I'm not the one that capes for, oh, well, he wasn't charged and people all of a sudden become legal experts when it's convenient, but then ignore legal when it's not convenient. But so, but even in this case, it's like, it wasn't even like charge, it was just people speaking out weird behaviors, him in class, like taking advantage of that, but then they consented to the sex. So it's like, all right, like, I don't know what to make. It's like, yeah, this is a weird situation of a dude in power who these girls know has a big influence in what they're trying to do. And it's kind of weird that he's like, yeah, you know, we had these very specific master class courses and I'm going to teach the quote unquote sex scene class. It's like, it's like, there's not that many movies. I mean, there are in plenty of movies, but they're they're not like 12 minute scenes that like you really need to go deep down. I feel like that's something you can learn on the job. I feel like that's some. I feel like there's a lot of other factors that are more important to becoming a good actor or actress or better at your craft than come take a sex scene class or a romantic class with James Franco. I don't think that's really a... I don't know. But again, I'm not in the... I'm not for Seth Rogen because of what he... He basically told... This this is old news, like probably a month ago, where he basically told a uh, YouTuber Casey Neistat that like, hey, he's like, hey, all my shit got broken in my car, and he's like, several's like, bro, you're in L.A. What are you complaining about? It's like how, you, it's like if you're living in L.A., you have a lot of money, which means you're good, dude. It's not that big of a deal. It's just your car getting broken into. He's like, my car's been broken in twenty five times. It's not a big deal. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it, it is a big deal. Just because someone, <clears throat> just because someone is of lower income class, doesn't give them the right to just break into your vehicle. For one, it's just not right to break into someone's vehicle in general. And if it's happened to you twenty five times, may I recommend locking your fucking car? Jesus fucking Christ, dude, lock your fucking car. Like that means. Like, yeah, there's tactics of breaking the cars without breaking windows, but I feel like you would start taking measures after, like, the third time you got robbed. And he tried to sit there and be, it's not a big deal you get robbed. It's like, oh, okay, not a big deal. I mean, in the grand scheme of things in life, you get your car broken into. is not the biggest deal in life, but goddamn, it's a big fucking nuisance, especially if you have shit that's important in there. But, I don't know, man. Um, but, I, 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 people have this weird thing where it's like, no matter what, they feel like being a good friend just means that no matter what you do, no matter what you go through, I am obligated to support and be by your side no matter what. I think for the most part that should be in place. And I'm not, and I think actually in this case, um, 
it's kind of 50-50. I, I think this isn't one of those things you go out and just completely fucking shit on him for. Because there's not really evidence, per se. It's accusations that he's admitted to. So, that's something. But... <clears throat> He was never charged or nothing, so it's, like, weird that, you know, you don't become so blatant about it. But I understand the point of, like, yeah, I don't really want to work with someone like that if I have a choice. That's okay. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think um, continuing, like, nothing happened is necessary after something that makes you question who your friend is or the character of who you associate yourself with. I don't think that makes you a bad person. I actually think that makes you like, yeah, you know what? It's not about being the moral high ground police, but it's also about you are who you is. You can't say you are who you voluntarily associate with. Like, I can't control who my coworkers are. I can't control who people I walk around at Walmart in that proximity, but I can choose, but I can choose the people who are my friends. I can choose the people who I voluntarily hang around in proximity in places I go to where these people are typically at, that is a choice. And you are who you attach yourself and who you are best friends with. You are who you are around with the most. Like, once once you're made aware of things that maybe you weren't made aware of before and character traits are not favorable to you, that's not saying everyone should be Everyone, you should hold to this perfect standard. But goddamn, you know, if I'm sorry if I found out my friend was a pedophile. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not friends with you anymore. I don't need context of, well, you were 20 and she was 15. Or I like, I, you know what, man? I don't care. And that sounds harsh. Context and nuance has become this thing where... It is important, but it's also become this overzealous, it's become this oversaturated thing where it's used for every single thing to justify complete bullshit sometimes. It really is. Wow, this is not even a funny podcast anymore. Getting too real for the folks. But um, context, when, when, when I hear people always just throw context and nuance out there, one... There's a there's a time and place and there's situations where that matter. It's funny how people are so delicate talking about quote unquote court and legal situations. Right? They're all of a sudden like, oh, we gotta wait for this. Because they already know who they want to be innocent and guilty. And if they want someone to be innocent, they will always say, Let's wait for all this to come out. But it's funny how let's say your best friend dies of murder, right? Let's say he gets murdered. Someone is being charged. Now, there's no video evidence. There's no technical proof yet. It's just suspected that this person murdered that person, right? I know this is a more extreme example, but I think it bears value to the bigger point I'm making. Are you going to sit there and if you're sitting in that courtroom and looking at the person who's being accused of murdering your best friend, right? Are you going to sit there and be like, I'm just going to sit here and play devil's advocate and play the middleman and give this man the benefit of the doubt until all the facts are laid on the table? I'm going to say you're probably not. 
I'm going to say you're probably going to be very sensitive because emotions and everything are personally attached to the person who's victim of this crime. I'm pretty sure if you have an ounce of belief that that person, you look at that person and there's reason for you to believe they did it, you know what? You're probably not going to be here with everyone. I know everyone has an opinion, but we should just wait for the facts. And if he's innocent, then he's innocent. It's like, nah. If that man, if they find him not guilty, you're going to sit there and cry. You're going to banner and you're going to be pissed the fuck off because that means you don't know who you don't want just because someone's found innocent. That doesn't technically mean they didn't do it. It just means there wasn't enough evidence to prove they did do it. So they were either better find the tracks or a terrible investigative team. But just in the court of law, they were technically innocent. Which is all we quote unquote can go by. But when you know you want someone to be innocent or know you want someone to be guilty, it's funny how the context and nuance isn't always necessary for you. But context and nuance, if you want someone innocent, is all of a sudden the same copy and pasted everywhere you look at, right? What was the bigger point? But yeah, it just, um, I just, I forgot what the bigger fucking point of this. Jesus, here we go again with my dementia. Oh, um, but yeah, I, Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I just think people abuse context and nuance to justify a lot of bullshit to themselves. On a bigger scale, macro, micro, whatever the fuck you want to say. Context and nuance, and people will say, well, without it, you won't know. It's like, honestly, if you're talking about from a speaking standpoint, right? If you have full video form. Context and nuance gets lost more in translation in written form than video form. Because in written form, I, can, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but in written form, and let, even if you put in quotations exactly if you mean in a sarcastic tone, blah, 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 whatever the fuck you're talking about, everyone's idea of sarcasm is different, right? And even when you're speaking, sarcasm relays different. But you can always look back a reference. You can read. Um, I did talk about this on the previous spot. But I could read. I could read. I could have eight people read the same book. And have six to seven different interpretations of the purpose of that book. Of the deeper underlying themes. The plot and the. Ooh, what was the author's motivation? Not that it really fucking matters. Like. I, you know what, the motivations of the author or the person that wrote whatever, or the director, sometimes highly overrated. It's just something to make it sound worse of it. It's like, did you enjoy it? Was it entertaining? Yeah, okay. Then why the fuck do you need to know the why and everything? Not everything needs to have a why, but whatever. Um, why, why, why do you keep doing it to me, baby? But, but if... I speak, if you take a 10-minute clip of someone, a 10-minute segment of someone speaking on a specific issue, and it's just 10 minutes from point A to point B of that situation they're talking about, it's like, if you misinterpret that, I think that's more of a you problem, because we, because 
if you have lived long enough where you have made, if you are going to be in this business or even watch stuff where you really need to, if you're going to watch videos and watch stuff like that and listen to podcasts, you should, there should be a certain, I don't want to say maturity level, but there should be a certain experience level when you've listened to enough people speak about things that even if you don't know a person, there should be a baseline of you understanding of, oh, I can tell when this person, what they're getting at here. Where sometimes in a book or even an article, a lot of things, it it could be so blatant in how terrible they are expressing things. Where in speaking form, it's a lot easier to really pick up on the tone and all that shit. But yeah, um, but when people always have to rely on, if it, when people that are always quote unquote, the people, the victim blamers of themselves who always say, I'm being taken out of context. People just don't understand me. People always paint me with a, with a broad brush. People don't understand me. People always, uh, people always putting the blame on all the shit. It's like, no, you are just, are you are consistently bad at explaining your view and you were just very bad at communicating at what you're trying to fucking say once in a while shit happens of course if someone takes a minute and a half out of a 10 minute segment of course yeah you could take anything you know there's a whole running meme of literally this person out of context and just and then i grabbed them cheeks and then but like there was a whole eight minute segment where they're talking about you know their baby's like, oh, and I grabbed his cheeks. But without context, it sounds some completely different. But that's supposed to be for humor and memes and shit. On purpose. But when you are consistently always blaming other people for not understanding you, maybe it's because you are really not great at communicating. You're really not great at expounding your point. And if you always have to explain your explanation... Of the explanation, you probably should refine the original explanation so there's not so many sub-questions. Now, people could break down anything and bitch about it. Fine. At a certain point, you just got to, you know what, man? If you got a problem with it, go fuck off. I don't care. I said what I said. It is what it is. I don't feel the need to over-explain myself to over-qualify and put all these qualifications, put all these sub-plot points and all this other shit. Like, it doesn't really matter at a certain point. You're just... Wish washing, you're just car washing, you're just wiping the windows just to be like, hey, it looks nice outside, even if right behind you is just donkey shitting on your tails. But donkey, um, that is crazy. If they didn't make that animated version. Think about how crazy it is that Mike Myers was with Cameron Diaz in Shrek. Think about that. That's the like the only, that's the great thing about animated things, animated movies, animated shows, is that two people that could have no physical chemistry. You look at them. If it was a live action movie, you would never think like, oh, Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz. It's a Wayne's world. 
Talk about a bad teacher. <laughs> uh, see, it all comes around. Kind of like a JT in his pants and bad teacher. She's like, hey, maybe next time. Maybe try with the pants off. He's like, I like that. Oh, I bet you would. Senorita, why rocks your body? Uh, talk about a push your love girl. Uh, I love JT's actually a very underrated actor. Generally, I like him in like almost every movie he's been in. I don't understand like people say, oh, he's not that good. It's like you know what, man? I think he is. The dude plays a vital, pivotal character in one of the great movies of the past decade, The Social Network. Literally. So, I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, don't let that nip slip through the cracks. Uh, it's funny. He's actually, hasn't he performed? Now I think, hasn't he performed at Super Bowls since? Since that incident, he's performed at Super Bowls. And I'm the biggest JT fan, but he's performed at Super Bowls. And Jana Jackson's been kind of black. She was like blackballed for a long time from like big TV gigs and stuff. And it's kind of weird that she gets punished for a wardrobe malfunction when it was on the wardrobe department for one. And if anything, JT's the one that let it slip. I guess you could say uh, he nipped it in the bud for her big stage TV career. Um, that was not the Jackson 5 dream she was thinking about. But yeah, um, I guess that was all for you. That's what JT said. This is all for you. Uh, Jenna Jackson has an underrated catalog. There's a couple. Her and J-Lo. I guess uh, her love don't cost a thing, just her nips. But yeah, but they make me smile like cheese nips. Uh, That's an old recycled joke that I've used plenty of times, but never be ashamed of recycling. Uh, But yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like JT's just like, "Eh, hey, it's all right, JT. (laughs) Eh, you know, he was young. And Janet Jackson like, oh my god, the world's seen your nips. And she's probably like, honestly, it's not. Like, I don't like that it happened. Um, She's probably more mad at JT than anyone else. She's like, probably not that big of a deal that people know what her, you know, breast looks like or nothing. But, uh, yeah, talk about a super, super bowl experience. Um, Is that what that VIP pack, is that, is that really what the... Is that really what the what you pay for when you get those down on the field tickets for the Super Bowl halftime performance? Which now every year is just like a trio of like Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars and Beyonce and Coldplay. And I know that was like literally all in one year, but they've kind of scattered through. They just kind of rotate. I think Bruno Mars has done like three times. <clears throat> they've had a. Uh, I think this year. I think I saw they're having. They're having Kendrick, which Kendrick hasn't been nowhere in a while. He's like, I'll come to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> they have Kendrick, uh, Lil Wayne, um, Eminem, I think, and I think maybe Dr. Dre. Eminem may, I mean, uh, Lil Wayne may not be a part of it, but Lil Wayne's everywhere. He's always somewhere. 
He'll probably appear. Maybe Drake will come by. How has Drake never done? How has the biggest artist of the decade not done a Super Bowl experience? Because I guess it's, you know, maybe maybe he does the CFL halftime show. Didn't even have like a halftime Canadian football Super Bowl, the Grey Cup. <laughs> Drake coming out of there. They they probably like, hey, we have a whole 20 minute halftime. Typically it's 12. Super Bowl, Grey Cup. <clears throat> but I don't know, maybe Drake's music isn't really a halftime experience worthy. If but man, honestly, for a whole halftime, <clears throat> if they just have Drake and Rihanna and Future, bruh. Just like play a Drake, Rihanna, and Future, like collabs and all. Bro, that'd be like the greatest fucking halftime show of the past like decade. But yeah, now like the halftime shows, like they'll bring like the Who. I remember they did the Who. They'll probably have like Queen. Well, you know, minus the AIDS. Um, they'll probably have like a. Probably have like Kiss sometime soon. Just like anyone that has like half of their band members still alive. And, you know, just like, hey, come out here. It's a. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it like the, and they'll have like some pop rock group that's like very popular that I'm not into the whole like they'll probably have like the Black Keys or like Imagine Dragons or like, you know, bands like that where it's like, oh, not really into they'll have like Mumford and Sons probably soon. Like, you know, I don't know. They'll probably have Olivia Rodrigo sometime soon. Surprised Taylor Swift hasn't done a halftime. Uh, but yeah. Uh, wow, this is one of the longer pods I've done in a while. You know, fuck it. We're going to go an hour plus. See where it takes us in the night. Like ships going sailing. And now she says I'm repelling and gelling and aura gelling and now she telling and selling and killing and now she say I'm a melon head like Anthony Fantano. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Excuse my mucus, but uh, I need some mucinex to you. Uh, but yeah, um. Nothing like a good old poke in the gooch. That actually used to be the title of an episode. I forgot which one. Sounds like episode mm, 29-ish, somewhere in that area. Maybe a little bit later. But yeah, um, maybe 11. I don't know, but yeah. It just... uh, You know, I was thinking about this, and... It's not, I'm not going to say it's a controversial take, right? But, I wonder if really having domesticated animals is actually good. And I don't know the science behind it, necessarily. But I wonder if we just didn't have animals, right? Like, what if it was just illegal for us to have domesticated animals? Like, dogs, cats, parrots parrots snakes and shit never understood the pet snake stuff but hey to eat its own when it swallows your kid don't want to hear it um well that's why you keep it in a glass case it's like okay 
Yeah, oh yeah, and I saw a YouTube video. There's actually a fucking Snake Island, right? Where there's no habitants, meaning there's no people that live there because it's fucking dangerous. And you know what the craziest part of fucking Snake Island is? Is that there's deadly fucking cockroaches. And when they show the pictures of these big ass motherfuckers, my mom would have a fit if she saw them. But they're venomous. I didn't even know there was such thing as venomous cockroaches. I've only seen little cockroaches you see in apartment buildings, one you see on carpet. Um, by the way, what's the difference between carpet and wall sits? Or, fuck it, I said it wrong. Of a joke I just made up on the spot. I said it wrong. What does carpet and wall sits and usher have in common? I just added the usher part just because. Let it uh, slow burn in you. <laughs> well, I just gave it away. They both... Let it burn. But yeah. But there's a fucking snake island. Where it's nothing but snakes. And cockroaches. Why are they called cockroaches? I mean. We could break down. Cock a roach. What about roaches. Involves anything with cocks. And I'm not talking about the privates. I mean, I'm assuming maybe are they descend are they descendants of chicken? You know, they have cockfighting. You know, it's called hanging out with the boys at Planet Fitness. <laughs> oh, that got disgusting. Yeah, just uh, nothing's more awkward. By the way, when you're taking a shower at Planet Fitness and someone, it's like, dude, do you not see the steam? Do you not see the water? Do you not see like you you could sense when someone's in the fucking shower. And maybe you can't knock because it's just a curtain. But one time I was taking a shower and it was actually late at night. It was like 11 p.m., 12. And it was after my workout. I had a great workout playing fitness. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm lathering my body up and acts. You know, your boy's feeling it. You know, you know you're know, uh, you rubbing your legs and cheeks. I didn't have a sponge. So, yeah, I had to use my hands. I don't care. I'll use my hands. You got to get in between. You got to get in between. Do what you got to do. Yeah, I was rubbing the back, my lower back, you know, probably a little bit top of the cheek. You know, got lathered the booty. Um, you know, underwear don't underwear themselves. Um, it's kind of ironic they're called underwear, but yet we we wear them over and over and over again. And washing in between is just suggested, but it's not required. Um, depending how clean you keep it down there. Just a thought. But yeah, I was watching, and next thing you know, I just hear, and this dude opens, I turn around like, the fuck? He's like, oh, my bad. He turns around, but then he doesn't close the curtain. And he was already down in his towel, so this dude was already ready. He wasn't like checking to see which shower's open. This dude was already, he was walking, if he wasn't paying attention, he would just walked in, kind of like a Chandler. You remember that episode with Chandler? Where uh, he goes into the steam room. And he sits on Monica's dad's lap. It was really steamy. Which by the way. uh, Sponsored to the Friends television show. Wearing on the hat. I would be a terrible sponsor. I would be a terrible podcast. Or a terrible person to have sponsors on. Because I would wait an hour and three minutes. To actually shout out your sponsor. Because I would be too in the mode. And all that shit. And, you know, just a friendly reminder, it was really steamy. And it was. I like pretty above average hot water. Um, You know, 
And look, man, I don't care. He saw me naked. It's fine. It's whatever. And besides, it was hot showers, so you know, a little, uh, little elongated uh, growth. If you get what I'm saying, you know, the pubes were lengthened. But yeah, and pull back the curtain. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, my bad. It's like, okay. People walk in. I've been walked in while I'm sitting down the toilet. Not a big deal. It's happened twice at a Dunkin'. Two different Dunkins, ones I don't normally go to. Seems like Dunkins, like three out of five Dunkins, the men's bathroom has a locking problem. It doesn't lock. You think you locked it, and it just doesn't. I even double check the locks now. I like this phobia. It's kind of like when I used to set my alarm, I would double, I would like set the alarm a minute past the time to make sure that it worked that time. So then I would set it for the next morning when I need to wake up. By the way, I need an alarm clock, which is pretty alarming. But, uh, sorry, had to do it. Snooze, like you probably already have on this podcast. But, yeah. B98.5, Atlanta. Uh, which is kind of weird because static wakes me up more than actual, like, radio words. But, anyways. But, yeah. And he just turned to me. And I turned to him. He looked to me. And I looked to him. He looked to me. And I looked to him. He said, I'm trying to, but yeah, and he's left the curtain open. I was like, all right, I'll just go fuck myself and close the curtain. And I was in a groove. You know, like when you're in the shower, post-workout, you're feeling good about yourself. You're in a groove. You're like washing really good. You know, you know, not every wash is a good wash. You could do the same routine every time. It's not the same result. Some days you just wash better. Some days it just feels better. You feel more clean. You feel more refreshed. It just feels better. I don't know how to explain it. Planet Fitness has that good, good water. Uh. Uh. But yeah. Um. And I was just like, "All right, man." So I get out of the shower. You know, I have my uh. I have my clothes near my locker, whatever, in my locker. Until that time of night, there's not many people there, so I'm not worried about whatever. And I go back over there. And, by the way, there's like six different fucking showers this dude could have picked. This dude waits for me to get out of my shower. And I notice he waited in the corner looking in the mirror, like, dabbing his face up with some, like, Kevin McAllister little, ah! But when he finds out that his, uh, when it comes to his senses that they just left him uh, at home. And I felt like this dude doesn't have a home. Because I feel like maybe he was home. Because. But, I don't know. Maybe he had like a weird thing. You know like you park. If you go to a place all the time. You like to park in the same spot. You know. Maybe you have a certain. Uh, anytime you go sit in a place. Where you go to a lot. You like to sit in the same spot. I get it. I've never. And maybe. I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of doubt. Maybe. He always liked that shower. Something about it. He's six or seven different options. It was an open field he could have picked from. He. When he realized I was in that shower. He could have just jumped into two showers. Or the next shower over. Which. At that point. It's kind of like a weird thing. Where if you jump into the next shower. Where it's kind of like if you park right by someone when there's plenty of spots around that's actually closer. It's very weird. It's a very weird feeling. 
It's like you had all the fucking places parking. You're going to put any possible chance of fuckery that happened. And I just farted. For fucking shit to happen. You know, what if you back up and hit my mirror off? Could have been completely prevented. But no, you want to park right fucking here. Slow as hell. He had all these other spaces. You know what? He could have went over there to the next shower. What he gave it a pass. But whatever. This man waits for me to get out of the shower. And doesn't even wait like a minute after. Right as I'm walking out, I'm walking with my tower on my waist feeling good about myself. I see this man. I hear footsteps. Something is behind me. And he turns and goes into the shower. Turns on the thing. Now, I had a theory. I was like, okay, maybe this guy's a cuck for showers, right? By the way, the Planet Fitness, like, soap. I brought my own body wash and soap. But their soap thing is actually pretty decent for soap that's not supposed to be really that potent. It's actually pretty decent. It's flimsy. It's weak. But it's free. Hey, you get what you pay for. 10 bucks. <laughs> and this man went into the shower and turned on immediately. And I'm thinking, like, this dude's a cuck for my shower. Maybe he has a maybe he has a relationship with that shower. I don't know. I don't know what he does in that shower. I'm gonna give him the benefit down and just say he washes and has a very hands-on approach to his body, like we all do. But what I was more curious about is does this man have a thing where he likes to have, I guess, the leftovers of what other people just had? Because you know, like, you get that pride of when a girl gets out of a relationship and you're like right there and you're like, I got this. Because you have that immediate feeling of, I could brighten up her day. You know, the water's already pretty preheated. I don't have to turn on this other faucet and wait for it to heat up for a minute. It's already pretty hot. But the issue is, is that it'll also probably not be hot as long. Because even though it's hot quicker, typically hot water is like a time lapse. And do, 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 do. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a meter where the longer you let it rest, the more it gets back, right? Trying to think of a comparison for it. But yeah, it's basically like an oven. Like you turn off the oven. The oven is going to cool down and cool down and cool down and cool down. And then if you start it back up, whatever temperature it's at, it's going to start raising back up. And then once it's that temperature, I mean, you could keep it on for a while, but you might burn down the house. And typically with water, it just kind of cools off. So if I was in there, I don't know, approximately 9 to 10 minutes, and let's say it's a 13 to 14 minute hot water shelf life, if he just continues it, it probably would have three or more minutes of hot water if I would have stayed in there. He probably got three minutes of hot water before it started to go cold. And what do you do? Do you switch to another shower or do you just deal with the coldness? I don't know. Maybe he's a hot and cold type of guy. Yes, and you're no. Maybe he just likes having... I don't know, maybe he likes the feeling of the soap I had or that are at the feet of the surface and likes, you know, keeping his feet clean. I don't know. But yeah, that is my uh, shower story. Is it weird if someone has the options of five or six or seven different other shower options? 
and they wait for you to get out of yours and just jump right into yours? I don't know. Uh, I guess taking dancing with a stranger to a whole new level. I wonder if, I wonder if, but say, I wonder if in the girls' locker room, when you have that many options to shower, I wonder if they have those issues. I don't know, maybe they share, even when it's not necessary. Because, you know, just share things. You know, you talk about, I don't know what you talk about. Like, you know, probably talk about, oh my God, you see that Megan the Stallion video? She's so inspirational. It's like, yeah. Oh, she's really on that thought shit. Oh, did you see JT on Summer Walker's album? Oh, oh, beautiful. But yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but see, maybe with the girls, I don't know if they have like the little hose thing, but you know, maybe the hose thing is the one they fight over. Maybe that's why. Uh, yeah, if you renovate and get a house, and one of the main things that your wife is making sure you get with it is the hose, the custom made one with plenty of speeds, um, like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Make sure you get the quality of Speed 2, the one without Keanu Reeves. Because if you get the one with the quality of the first Speed movie, it's uh, you might as well hang up your sex life. But yeah, alright, that was episode 98 of the Off and Beat podcast. My battery's about to go dead, that's why I'm abruptly ending it. Hope you enjoyed the shower story. Like and subscribe, and don't forget to suck some titties. Have a great day. Longest pod I've done in fucking like 60 episodes, probably. I don't think I've gone over an hour, like in 40 episodes. I probably have. I certainly haven't gone over an hour 10 in a long time. That's because your boy drinking the ghost. That's the secret sauce. Oh, Jesus. Well, can I stretch your booty hole?